Welcome, welcome, welcome to Bard's Backlog, episode number nine. I am your host and moderator, Josh Gallegos, and joining me this week, the casual Jared Benson. Hello, everyone. Jared, how's it going? It's going pretty good, my friend. How, How is you? the um, situation out there in Florida? Things kind of shaping out the way you were hoping? As far as like COVID and everything or well, world no, events in general or my life? You specifically. Or, like, me I, specific- I mean, like we kind of talked through the last couple of times on the podcast stuff going on with you. Like you had a big kind of transition with your job yep. when I was uh, doing the episode by myself. Yep. And I'm just wondering if you could give a little update on how everything's going. Sure. Well, the last time we talked um, about that, I was still, you know, just a normal home health aide helping out. Um, and now, uh, you know, I've transitioned into doing sales and, uh, you know, making, trying to build business relationships with clients and businesses in the area. Tomorrow I have an appointment with uh, an individual. We're going to see how our two businesses can help each other. And then... Um, you know that's that's more of what I'm doing instead of the home health aid stuff, and it'll be it'll be good. I've enjoyed it so far. It's been a different change for me, and uh, definitely caused me to grow. So that's always good. Yeah, I was actually gonna ask, like, does it um, require like a little bit more like of you in different ways that it's maybe refreshing? Yeah, yeah, it takes. Um, a little bit more professionalism than I'm used to, <laughs> like you know me. Right. Um, so it's you know I try to represent my company well. I think I do an okay job, and uh, so it's it's it is what it is, and uh, I'm Good. learning. So yeah, I mean we were just talking a little bit about like paths of life, mm-hmm. and we we're thinking like I was just kind of updating Jared a little bit on kind of what my plan is, and I'm going back to get my master's, and I'm getting back into an original career path that I was pursuing, and. I don't know. It's good to shake things up from time to time and make sure you're doing what you love and um, or trying something new to see if you enjoy that. So I, I'm happy for you. Like I was like more than happy to take on like uh, just a little bit of the backlog a couple weeks ago on my own just to let you get into that transitionary period. So uh, and I appreciate that. I well. think you did a good job considering it was just you. Yeah, um, but. This is, of course, Bard's Backlog, the ever-growing catalog of video games inducted into the Hall of Games. We are the gatekeepers and subsequent executioners of any video game candidate, including today's. The whole point of the podcast and goal is to kind of create a... um, a treasure trove of titles for people to kind of figure out whether they're good or not and then what can actually be considered high quality and what is not. Last time we talked through Okami HD, the games as art spectacle that we ended up uh, striking down for being in the Hall of Games. Like, I, It was an interesting conversation and actually listening back on it, I did kind of feel like, um, I don't know, we were a little bit more down on it than I was hoping to be, uh, just because of like the game's legacy as this uh, spectacle of like beautiful art. Um, but it was the right decision, I think, when it comes down to it. And it was one of, I think, two titles that we have not allowed into our Hall of Games thus far. So uh, this week we're recovering a different game, and I'm really curious to see how that conversation goes. Uh, And it's interesting to even sit down and take time out of our schedule 
to talk through video games, especially with everything else mm-hmm. going on in the world. Like, I don't know. Like, this is definitely not that important <laughs> compared to the <laughs> things that are happening around us, you know? But uh, at the same time, it is nice to kind of just not think about the stuff that's going on. Um, I will say, like, as far as, like, Black Lives Matter goes and the George Floyd protests, like, uh, just to kind of leave a little note here, I think that um, change is necessary sometimes. I think there are some deep, deep feelings of um, injustice and resentment that have clearly been festering in the country for a long time. And uh, I think a lot of them are truthful are honest and we're seeing the results of I think not only those feelings but also just kind of a bit of a pent-up I think just kind of from everyone staying in from the pandemic and everything like it's just uh, people are on edge you know so we're seeing a lot of it kind of explode right now but I just I'm curious if this ends up and and there has been some major um like developments in like even how our culture is going to react to this. I mean, talking about like police departments getting um, rejiggered and and things along those lines. Um, but I I would say like, Jared, what do you think as far as like everything that's going on? Do you think that we're gonna get something positive out of all of this, or is it just kind of gonna be an event that happens and then goes away? You know, it's it's hard to say. I feel like the protesters and rioters uh, and looters, you know, they're all mixed together in the eyes of the public right now. Uh, and it's it's important that we separate out those different groups. Um, right. There's, there's a lot of people that mean really well that are sticking to this out for the long run. Whereas I feel like hopefully we're going to see rioting and looting go down just because, you know, those people are hoping for, you know, some explosive, you know, regime ending change, I think. Um just from what's historically been the case. And so with the the people that are sticking around that are waiting patiently uh, and gracefully for legislation to be um, mandated or um, police training to be updated, whatever the solution is, I think that the people that truly want the best for this and for our country and um, for the Black Lives Matter movement will, um, will see it happen, will make it happen. So... Uh, I'm hopeful. I hope so. Yeah, I'm hopeful, and uh, I think change uh, is coming for sure. Um, I just want it to be the most... I want it to be really clear that the people that are at the the core of this mean really well, uh, and they they really want true positive change um, that will be just... So uh, I'm I'm looking absolutely I'm looking forward to that. I think you and I are uh, on the same page with that for sure. So just hoping for yeah, positive change. Like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna be honest. Like there's there's extremes that are going on, and I am not for um, the different levels of extremes. I mean, if you go towards the defund the defund the police side of things, I just can't see that like being of any benefit i mean obviously people and my brother was kind of explaining this to me a little bit um aren't actually saying like completely defund the police even though that is the connotation that kind of comes with it it's more of you know reworking the budget or uh reallocating resources and uh some of the you know the demilitarization of them 
that sort of stuff I think could be positive but um, there are extremes of people wanting to just completely get rid of them and, and move toward some other solution and I don't I don't see that happening. I think just the way humanity works and the way civilization works, there there's kind of an exchange that happens on a fundamental level where we give up, um, you know, like we give up either money or um, some sort of barter in exchange for protection. That's kind of what government on a fundamental level is supposed to do all the way back to ancient civilizations. Right. And you can't, I don't, I just don't think there's a a new way of like rejiggering that because when, when it comes down to it, we got to be able to call someone to help in a time of need in a desperate, in a desperate situation where there is true crime occurring. Um, so like there's, there's that extreme, there's the other extreme of not letting anything happen or, or viewing this all as just, yeah, um, dismissing the whole thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. Dismissing it like as, as just madness and, and violence for violence sake. And I, I really don't think that's what's happening. I think you're seeing, um, like I said, just like this, this feeling that's been on the surface of the country acted out in real time. And so. Uh, I hope something does come of it. I'm curious to see where it goes. Um, but enough about those things. Uh, obviously, Jared and I are not experts or anything, and I just kind of wanted to put out a bit of a message. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because this is what's going on right now. So, uh, But outside of that, uh, Jared, I, I just had one quick question before we get to the gaming stuff for you. And I, this was something um, I thought about a lot this week, and... I highly respect your opinions. I think that you have uh, a lot of interesting things to say and a lot of uh, unique perspective to bring to things. And so I just wanted to ask you, Jared, what do you prefer, vampires or werewolves? <laughs> uh, it depends on what where you're pulling from. Are you pulling from traditional lore or are you pulling from the Twilight Saga? Are you pulling from a Skyrim? What yeah, are you Team Edward from? or... Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, definitely not Twilight. I mean, maybe a little bit of Twilight. I think it's like the question is more about the ideas of both. Like, if you had to get rid of one, like the entire history of its lore, and then choose the other, which one would you choose? Um, probably werewolves. You'd get rid of werewolves. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so just because just, there's something, okay. there's something sultry and appealing, uh, and I think more well-defined as to, I don't know. I just like it better <laughs> on a deeply romantic. Level yeah. 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 Probably. Vampires. That's what it is. Yeah. No, I agree. They, ha- they have a little bit more of a, uh, I don't know, sexual appeal to them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. There's part of it. I think just to, um, the, the idea of. Uh, vampiric almost being a synonymous with of the night you know uh, maybe not even in a violent way but in a seductive way so that's probably yeah. that's probably probably my response um but what what prompted this i am so right now and the reason i've been thinking through a lot of just like uh different creature ideas even and where they came from and why they like some have permeated stronger into our society today 
Um, and obviously vampires and werewolves are like two big ones that we often see like clashing in movies like the underworld series. Um, and, and the reason I'm thinking through all of this is because I'm currently actually working on a story called a vampire in Boulder, Colorado. And so I've been doing a little bit of research in my uh, time when I'm not writing and, um, just been thinking through it a lot and just really trying to like nail down the appeal of these like races right now. I've decided actually not to include werewolves because they, I feel like represent this like barbaric, brutal side of humanity. And then also just like this chaotic nature Mm -hmm. that, um, I just haven't quite found a place for in my story. Um, whereas a vampire is my main character. So he does have a little bit more of a romantic side to him, a little bit more of like a tragedy. I mean, werewolves are definitely tragic too in their own way, but um, vampires have like this seduction sense to them and um, a little bit more of an in-depth history as to where they came from, what kind of um, effects they've had on like history and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, it's just kind of thinking through it. And I was curious what you would say. I would say, like, werewolves are interesting to me right now, too. And I think another reason why I've been avoiding them is because they 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 also capture this sense of, like, they, they, they delve into mental health. Like, I think a lot of the lore that's built around them has subtle, like, allusions toward, like, madness lunacy i mean you think of like the the moon being this uh symbol in their um lore that um transforms a man into something crazy and i and i had a little bit of a brush with mental health this year so uh i've kind of like seen it in a different light and i'm curious like interesting yeah i I, i'm just i'm curious what more i'll be able to learn from it and yeah just curious what you were thinking so that's where that came from. Uh, but anyway, I'm glad you chose vampires. I figured you'd choose vampires. I don't know. I, <laughs> I you seem, struck me as a vampire. I seem more like a, an Ed than a Jacob, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, enough with the pleasantries. Let's get down to business and let's talk some video games. First with the games we play in. Unfortunately, this week, both of us, Jared and I, do not have a whole lot of extra games we're playing. I think life has just kind of taken different routes for us these last couple weeks, So, and that's fine. Uh, I mean, I'll start with what I've been playing. Um, really, the only thing I've put a lot of time into the last couple weeks has been Clash Royale on my phone, and it's just this perfect little pick up and play quick two minute matches fun deck building game that's just hitting the sweet spot of addiction in my soul <laughs> right now so um 
it's it's really like I, I play it at work sometimes you know if I have a few minutes here or there it's just you know a quick little match and I like being able to mix and match the different cards and characters and seeing how they stack up against um, the other side and it's it's a 1v1 match so you're playing just one specific person and they have these little um, like emoticons that you can throw at the other character I guess not throw but like uh, you can make pop up and they infuriate me to no end like if someone's beating me and they make a <laughs> laughing face um, so that has definitely been a- an addiction for me and the only thing I've really put a lot of time into a really fun game and free so I would recommend it to people who are interested in strategy um, but outside of that Jared like I don't know these last couple weeks and, and I told you about this a little bit um, before the podcast but have just not been great for gaming for me mm. um, and I had my anniversary pop up I was getting ready for a move that's going to be happening next month so like I was spending evenings going and grabbing stuff from storage so there was other things that have been like in those time slots where I would typically be playing video games there have been other things that have been happening Um, But at the same time, it's also just been um, a product of not being able to, like, find something that's clicking right now. Uh, I finished Assassin's Creed Origins uh, around the last time that we recorded, Mm -hmm. so it was pretty soon after that. So after after I finished the game, there's just been, like, this gaping Assassin's Creed hole in my heart, (laughs) and I haven't found, like, what will be able to fill it. I've tried a game called Neo. I've tried um, the new Shantae game. Assassin's Creed 3 I jumped right into. And then there was another little game called Yoku's Island Express that was kind of fun. It's this little mix between pinball and like a Metroidvania. And it's it was they're all little interesting like games. And I, and I think each of them are quality, but none of them stuck. So right now I'm just in this spot and a little bit of a funk and haven't quite found the game to get me out of it just yet. But this week, I am planning on testing out a couple more and seeing if something sticks. Yeah. So, And this is where you guys come in. This is where you guys rescue us on Twitter. Uh, Josh, what's your handle again? At Video Game Bard. And I'm at Jared T. Bend. You guys got to hit us up with games that we should play so Josh doesn't go nuts. <laughs> yes. So, Thank you. Um, Thank you. I actually forgot to make that plug. So. No, that's we totally. I actually think it's better that we don't have a ton of games we planned uh, for this segment because our next segment I'm really looking forward to. Uh, we're going to talk about some games that are upcoming and that'll be super dope. The only thing I would mention that I've been playing, and the reason I say it that way is just because it feels like a video game. Um, I recently acquired a guitar and I've been trying to take guitar lessons no formal lessons I just pick it up when I have time I'll follow along with like a YouTube lesson or you know have a friend give me some tips but I found the app Musician now Musician is like guitar hero but with actual progress <laughs> so you sit down with your guitar and uh, they'll have a song full on with like you know the bouncing ball that gives you the timing um, you know what finger on what fret you know what you know note and all that stuff so it's been a lot of fun i've been noticing some progress and it's easy to lose yourself for hours so just uh playing around one of my favorite things to do in the evening is to grab some gummy bear gummy bears and play some guitar so it's been awesome uh and would recommend it feels more like a video game but you can definitely notice the progress with the musician and it's uh like more in depth than guitar hero yeah, you're actually of course. Having to use the technical mm-hmm. technical aspects of guitar playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So this week's podcast brought to you by... <laughs> sounded like an ad a little bit. Yeah, so not a whole lot of games that we're covering uh, in this segment necessarily this week, but that's okay. You know, we mm-hmm. all have our moments when it comes to video games, so um, it is what it is. But with that being said, let's go ahead and jump right into the next segment that we have this week, the default segment. I'm really looking forward to this one just because it is um, going to be about upcoming 2020 video game releases. And if this is a perfect time in the year, we're halfway through the year to kind of take a moment, take a step back and examine what's coming out and kind of get a little hype. And so we're going to play a little game, Jared. Um, it's Kiss, Mary Kill. And just for the audience's sake, the way that we play this game is I'm going to present three titles um, for Jared, and then he'll present them back for me. And we are going to, and they're upcoming games, so they're games that are going to be coming out this year. And then we're going to label them either Kiss One, and then Marry One, and then Kill, the last one. Kiss, of course, is, you know, just, you know, you're, you're playing around with the game. You're kind of, uh, you're not too serious. It's It's just friend with friend. And then Mary is long term commitment. Like this is this is the one that you that you really want to dedicate your life to. And the kill <laughs> is get rid of, wipe off the face of the earth. So uh, we're gonna be playing that with upcoming games coming out this year. So let's go ahead and dive right into this. The first three titles that I have here um, are. Last of Us Part 2, coming out for the PS4 on June 19th, right around the corner, Jared. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Last of Us Part 2 is one. SpongeBob SquarePants, Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated, coming to all <laughs> platforms um, on June 23rd. And then Deadly Premonition 2, A Blessing in Disqui- Disguise, coming out on Switch on July 10th. So between the three, Jared, kiss, marry, or kill, which ones? I've played a SpongeBob game before. I'm over it, so I'd just kill SpongeBob. I would definitely, definitely marry Last of Us Part Two. So it is for sure the game. I'm super psyched. It's gonna look fan. It does look fantastic. It's gorgeous. It's intense. Cannot wait. Uh, And then I guess I'd smooch Deadly Premonition too for sure, just to give it a little. Let's see what it's got. You know? Okay. How about yourself? I'm going to go with um, definitely Mary, Last of Us Part 2. I think you can't deny mm-hmm. the you know, the impact that game's going to have. and um, I'd love it to impact me for the rest of my life. So uh, <laughs> marriage on that one. And then I'm actually going to kiss SpongeBob SquarePants because that is an actual like part of my childhood you know that, <laughs> I, that I don't want to lose too so attached. yeah and then we're gonna kill deadly premonition 2 just because um i'm not too excited about it and also the game have you did you ever touch or hear about the original deadly premonition no no in so, fact you kind of sent you know mentioned deadly premonition 2 and i just was like you know um yeah you just kind of like yeah whatever yeah exactly. people okay 
don't get me wrong people love this game so it's not like it doesn't have a cult following or anything so and the reason it's on this list is because i'm sure there are people who are hyped for it mm-hmm. but i pl- i tried to play the first game and it is weird it is supposed to be a lot it's a detective game that kind of takes on the vibes of twin peaks if you've ever watched that tv series just a lot of like weird stuff going on um strange dialogue and uh crazy characters and twists and turns and it just was not vibing with me so we're gonna go ahead and just kill off deadly premonition 2 gotcha well, Josh, next let me ask three. you about the next three. Yeah, let me. Okay, uh, you go. Let, you go first. So we have the Ghost of Tsushima um, for, on the PlayStation Four, July seventeenth. Josh did these all in order, which is so they're they're we're listing three in, as they will come out in like in order. Then we have Paper Mario: The Origami King, and then we have Destroy All Humans remake for the PlayStation uh, or PlayStation Four, Xbox One, and PC. What do you think, Josh? All right. So this is a tough one for me like this specific category because the two games coming out on July 17th are neck and neck mm-hmm. in my book right now, Ghost of Tsushima and Paper Mario. But if I had to make the decision, I am going to marry Ghost of Tsushima and then just kiss Paper Mario and kill Destroy All Humans. I really don't care too much about Destroy All Humans. Yeah. And my Ghost of Tsushima for, for sure. me, you would be the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Ghost of Tsushima like I'm I'm super hyped for not only because it it looks like a really cool samurai game and it's you know graphics are eye popping, but also because it's a sucker punch game, and I have loved and followed that company um, for so long now that I'm just ready for their next game. Like this is a day one purchase, a pre order even for me. So uh, very much looking forward to it. For me, the only thing I'd add is just that you know I just got through pay- playing. Uh, Mario Odyssey, you know, uh, a month or so ago, and you know, not that I'm tired of it per se, but like Mario is Mario, you know, you kind of know what to expect, and I'm excited to see where Ghost of Tsushima uh, should go. So yeah, Paper Mario, like I- I'm definitely ready for it. I'll probably pick this one up too. <laughs> so it's probably an expensive weekend for me, but um, they they just have like a really funny weird vibe it's a jrpg so totally different gameplay hook to than a regular mario game so i I am looking forward to it but ghost of tsushima definitely takes the edge on this one all right the next three total war saga troy coming out on pc august 13th kingdoms of amalur re-reckoning so this is a remake of kingdoms of Avalar coming out in august and then Marvel's Avengers coming out 9-4-2020 for the PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Jared, which ones are you? Go- which one are you going to kiss? Which one are you going to marry? And which one are you going to kill? You know, it's a toss-up. You know, Total War Saga Troy could be really, really good. PC games are often, um, often very good. Um, Kings of Amalur looks. Mm, I don't. I don't want to use the word cheesy, but like. It kind of actually seems like it's a little bit more my style. So I'm going to go with um, um, Kiss Kingdom of Amalur. Uh, probably have to kill Total War Saga. And then you got to marry Marvel's Avengers. You got to see what they can come up with. I'm super excited. Right. I just, it's all going to depend on gameplay. Do you feel like you are the Hulk? Do you feel like mm. you are Thor? Um, of course, you got the mobile games that are okay. You know, give that standard 2D fighting style game. This could be legendary. So we'll, I'm going yeah. to put some time into it for sure. Yeah, it's got the name behind it. Yep. I would say 
I'm actually going to marry Kingdoms of Amalur. In okay, okay. Just because it's like, it's basically third-person Skyrim with better combat. Right, right. So, I don't know. I, I, I'm feeling like an open-world game will be about right for me when it comes to August. So, we'll for see sure. how I feel around that time. But, Mary Kingdoms of Amalur, we're going to go ahead and just kill off Total War Saga because that one's <laughs> going to be pretty intense. And then we'll kiss Marvel's Avengers for sure. All right. So, uh, Josh, let's move on to the next three here. We have Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. What? The legend himself was just on the Joe Rogan Experience. Great podcast. Go listen to it if you can. Shameless plug. <laughs> uh, Josh I didn't did even give me per- Josh didn't even give me permission to say that. So, But, uh, yeah, no, I- Tony Hawk was on uh, Joe Rogan podcast uh, probably a couple weeks ago, about a month ago now. And uh, so Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 coming out for the PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One September 4th. And then we have... <gasps> Cyberpunk 2077, released September 17th, and then Axiom Verge 2, a title that's near and dear to our hearts uh, here on Bard's Backlog, coming out for the Switch, fall of 2020. What do you think, Josh? This is a tough one. This is a tough one, especially after the episode we did on Axiom Verge. Exactly. I'm definitely feeling the hype for the second game coming out. But with that being said, I'm going to have to marry Cyberpunk 2077. Mm. I think you really can't go wrong there. Um, it's got the pedigree behind it. You've got, um, oh, what's his name? What's the actor's name? That's Keanu right? Reeves. Keanu. Yes, yep. Keanu. How oh, can I forget? Dude, Keanu, man. <laughs> yeah, I'd marry Keanu. So I would marry Keanu. <laughs> yeah, the fact that he's in it, I, I mean, yeah. you can't go wrong. And then I'm going to kiss Axiom Verge 2, and unfortunately, though it tears my heart out, we're going to have to kill Tony Hawk's pro skater. Mm, oh, we are two. divided. We're divided. Are you so you're gonna go a little different? I'm oh guessing. yeah. So here's I'm gonna have to kill Axiom Verge two simply because I've already put the time into the first title. That's only okay. that's the only reason. I probably still will pick it up. So it's gonna be you got more your of a, fill. It's gonna be a vampire thing. I'm gonna have to pick it back up. But uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I have to just just for the sake of the decision. And then I'm gonna marry Tony Hawk's Pro Skater for oh. sure. I'm gonna put some time into that. I'm gonna reclaim my childhood. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> It'll be awesome. I'm really looking forward to it. And then I'm nervous about Cyberpunk. Can it live up to okay. the hype? So I'm going to give it a chance. I'm going to smooch it, take it on a date, pay for a nice dinner, and then. <laughs> but we'll see what happens. Okay. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Those are good picks. All right, and the next three. Assassin's Creed Valhalla coming out holiday 2020. Dude. <laughs> Dangerous Driving 2. Yep. Also coming out sometime in holiday 2020. And then Dirt 5 holiday 2020 as well and these are all games that are going to be coming out around the same time as the new consoles so we're getting into that era right now yeah dude um and so it'll definitely be an exciting time in the year but what would you say jared so you gotta marry assassin's creed valhalla you know what you're getting with these three picks like assassin's creed is gonna be so rewarding the trailer looks glamorous assassin's creed as the as a franchise it just knows where their niche market is they know how to make a good game so it's going to be worth the time um as far as like the other two it's kind of just you know pick your do you want to drive on the uh, street or the dirt and that really does (laughs) come down to your preference uh i'm looking forward to dirt so i'd probably say dirt five kiss just because i i like that the whole motorbike thing dirt's a great game the games they've made in the past their original was really good so i'm probably gonna go with that and then i'll have to kiss uh kill dangerous driving too all right, you know what? I'm I'm with you on all of that. I'm just Perfect. gonna say it that way. I really I can't agree more. All so, right. is it my turn or is it your turn? Uh, no, I'm gonna ask you unless you had more to say about those three. No, I'm good. Let's Perfect. move on. 
So then we have coming up here, Halo Infinite, Holiday 2020. Check out that trailer, it looks fantastic. Bravely Default 2 for the Switch, coming out in 2020 again. Uh, Call of Duty 2020, uh, and what do you think, Josh? Tell me. This is a tough category for me mm. because I do not care at all <laughs> about any oh. of these games. <laughs> is so that right? I've never been a Halo guy. Okay. I, okay. I pick up Call of Duty pretty much just because my friends play it. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. And then I ne- like Bravely Default, what is what? No, no thanks. So we're going to do it this way. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to we'll, murder all of we'll them. Kiss, <laughs> we'll kiss Halo Infinite. Um, kill bravely default two, and then let's marry. We'll marry Call of Duty. Gotcha. Like, you know they got the they got the money. You know, like they, sure. He, he's got the the big big pockets full of cash. So that'd be so a I good would, choice. Yeah, I, and I would give the same answer, but for different reasons. So Halo Infinite, you know, you're gonna kiss it just because you're gonna play through the campaign, and then you'll get tired of it. And you're going to go for the long-term relationship with Call of Duty 2020 and marry okay. that thing. All just right. because the gameplay is going to be hype. All your friends are going to be on it. It's going to be something right. that's going to be a natural fit. And then Bravely Default, too, is just a, like a turn-based strategy game. It's like, man, I could get that on a mobile. So <laughs> kill that sucker. But yeah, worth mentioning sucker. for sure. So, All right. Hollow Knight Silk Song coming out for PC and Switch this year. Um, and we're at the point now where these... Uh, games are supposed to be coming out. And right. this was actually probably one of the saddest parts of putting together this list, Jared. So many games that either got delayed or have just completely been removed from yeah. um, the calendar because of COVID and everything mm-hmm. else that's happened this year. Um, so these games are supposed to come out this year. We'll see if that ends up actually happening. They were announced to be coming out this year, and that's the last information we have. So Hollow Knight Silk Song, number one. And then I have two sports games tied up together here, NBA 2K21 and FIFA 21. And then No More Heroes 3 for the Nintendo Switch. So I am completely over sports games. I'm just over them. I'm so sick of like, yo, bro, you want to play Madden? You want to play Madden, dude? <laughs> I'm so over it, dude. Okay. You want to play, play 2K? You want to play 2K? So I'm done with it. Uh, sorry if any of you love those games. I'm sure you're good at them. That's probably why I have an issue with them, as I suck. <laughs> so I'm over sports games. I got to kill the 2K and the FIFA. It's, do your thing. If you like that, no judgment. I just suck at them, and I don't particularly enjoy them. Hollow Knight, man man what do you do with that um you know it's tough i i'll go kiss hollow knight it's a legendary title uh highly anticipated uh of course you got that beautiful 2d scheme uh artwork style to it which i love so we'll see but games like that for me have been kind of a kiss relationship in the past and then of course um no more heroes 3 looks fantastic looks fantastic uh and i'd probably put some some serious time into that and it's it's going to be released uh solely on the switch which is super exciting yeah um you know i i'm gonna have to flip-flop a little bit with you but we're definitely gonna kill off the um sports games (laughs) i'm kind of in the same boat so we'll we'll do that there and then also um instead of kissing hollow knight i'm gonna marry that sucker just because the first game Mm -hmm. uh, i mean if you're in it for the rest of your life like you want some bulk and you want some promise of dlc coming out in the future of course Hollow Knight will deliver. I know it will. It's a legendary No More Heroes title. 3 is, this is definitely like a weekend stand, you know? Like you've got oh, a man. few <laughs> nights to kind of like show you show you what you got and then 
move on. So we're going to just kiss No More Heroes 3 this time. I got you. I got you. It's a weird-looking title for sure, too. That's part of what draws me <laughs> That's to what it. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's yeah, funky. No. no, it's yeah, funky is the perfect word. <laughs> All right, Josh. So we have the next three, the last three here. Madden 21. Here we go again. Skull and Bones, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and then Watch Dogs Legion. What you All think? Right. Well, gotta marry Watch Dogs Legion. There's oh. um, a lot of hype around this game. I think that it's going to really deliver on its promise, which is um, a high-tech open world, but yep. with a lot of different playable characters. Yep. I, I'm thinking I'm thinking it's gonna it's gonna bring the goods. So I, I wanna marry Watch Dogs Legion. Madden twenty one and Skull and Bones. So here's the thing. I I feel like Madden has a legacy that and I I know I killed the sports games in the last one, but <laughs> um, I I do have a bit of a connection with Madden in the past and sure. Skull and Bones, I just I don't see actually coming out this year. Who knows if it'll ever end up coming out? I like the premise and the idea behind it. Tell the tell everyone what the premise of this one is. So Skull and Bones is a pirate ship game. Basically, they they uh, it's a Ubisoft game, and Ubisoft are the same people who make Assassin's Creed. In Assassin's Creed Four, they introduced some awesome ship combat, and they basically are taking that combat and making an entire game around it. Um, and as I'm saying it, I'm actually hyping myself up because I love Assassin's Creed 4. But uh, that's what Skull and Bones is. It's a it's a pirate ship game, basically, through and through. So um, interesting premise, but I just, I don't know. I, I'm afraid. Like, if, if I... Uh, if I put this game anywhere on my radar, I'm just, it's already disappointed me. It was supposed to come out last year. Mm, so, okay. Okay. I, I think I'm going to kill Skull and Bones and then we'll kiss Madden 21 this wow, time. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, I, I have to, you know, flip the train around. I think, so you're, you're super psyched about Cyberpunk. I'm nervous. You're super, like, uh, down and out about Skull and Bones, and I'm just psyched. So, like, I've been okay. thinking for years, we need two games to be released with our high-tech console generation. We need one game where you can ride a dinosaur, and then we need another <laughs> game where you <laughs> are a pirate and legit with all of the bells and whistles that comes with it. Pirates of the okay. Caribbean-style level story play and all that. So we need the highest-end pirate game. So I have put all my hopes and dreams into Skull and Bones. I'm buying the ring. We're going to see what happens. Uh, so Mary Skull and Bones. You're going to have to kiss Watch Dogs Legion. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. I'm super psyched. It does have a lot of hype. Uh, so that'll be good. And then sports games. Kill them. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And that is all we are going to be highlighting for the upcoming games coming out this year. And, dude, I, I mean... There's still a lot to happen. We still what got list, six more man. months yep. uh, yeah, of some goodness coming our way, so I am excited. But without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the Hall of Games candidate, the pick of the week. And this week we are going to be talking about Moonlighter. Moonlighter um, is 
one of 2018's most overlooked indie games. So this is an indie game, and I think the second official quote-unquote indie game on our um, list of potential mm-hmm. Hall of Games candidates thus far. It's a crossbreed between dungeon-crawling heroism and shop-owning savviness, and we'll talk about that as we get into it. Um, and it's uh, a fresh direction for us to take, I think especially after the last couple games we've covered, which have been a bit bulkier. Yep. Um this one is a nice change of pace, and it's a unique indie game. It's light on story, but it capitalizes on its gameplay promises. So, Jared, uh, what did you think, just off, just starting us off on, what did you think of Moonlighter? Yeah, it just the word that comes to mind is impressive. For an indie okay. game, uh, absolutely blown away. Love it. Very addicting. Um, Josh and I are going to talk a little bit more about the dynamics later on, but my first impression overall even after five minutes of playing the game, like, wow, there's a lot to this. Uh, I'm very impressed. Okay. What did you think of the gameplay loop between dungeon and shop? Yeah, so Josh is talking about a gameplay loop that you essentially go to the dungeon, you collect as many artifacts as you can muster without dying, you go as far as you can with the weapons and equipment you have, then you come back to the shop, um, either teleporting back or dying and keeping just a few of your items, and then you sell those items uh, during the day, then you switch over to night mode and go back into the dungeon and repeat the story and the idea is that you're trying to level up you're trying to figure out why the dungeons are there Uh, that's really all they give you story-wise and um, the gameplay loop of just going in looting and coming back is just addicting very straightforward uh, and yeah uh, you can easily get a rhythm going yeah i would say like addicting is a great word for the loop itself Mm -hmm. um Mm-hmm. And like just to quickly cover the story, just, I wrote down a couple things about it um, that I had to look up because I totally couldn't remember. Um, you're just a shopkeeper. He dreams of being a hero. And you're born into a small village uh, named Rhinoka. And then nearby the village are these little portals to otherworldly dungeons, which is where adventurers go and they come to the village seeking the items from the dungeons and whatnot. So um, it's a cool little premise. It sets you up perfectly. And then you just turn yourself over to this loop of um, one like session. You're in the dungeons. You're fighting baddies. You're um, collecting loot. And then you come back to the um, village and you set up shop. You um, put your all the loot that you had out, and you price it, and you try and balance it based on what the people's responses are. It was um, a really cool, just little circle of gameplay that I think really works well, and the premise just sets it up and quickly gets out of the way um, for the gameplay. I um, I love personally just the fact that you're you're kind of pushed forward bit by bit with every part of the game like you enter the dungeon uh, at the very beginning you kind of pick up some loot and you don't 100 percent know what you're going to be doing with it but over time after you begin to realize okay i'm selling this stuff um i'm going to be pricing it depending like based on what the people are um responding to it as which i also thought was really cool like i love the way that the market works um, it, it, you start to get into a, a like certain mindset where every time you're going in, you kind of have like I at least I did like I'd have like a list of specific items I was looking for. Yep. Or um, like I could start to figure out which ones were the more expensive ones and which ones were less valuable, so I'd get rid of the ones um, that I didn't necessarily need. And then you really start to get into the minutia of it in these really interesting and fun ways. 
And so I, I really did in like, I loved that aspect of it for sure. Um, and the way that the dungeons work themselves, they're randomized. Um, what did you think of that? The dungeon? Yeah, I thought it was, it was um, pleasantly challenging. You know, it never gets boring because you, you pop into a room. There's no delay between loading. So it's not like, you know, you know, a, a pain in the butt to go exploring. It really is sure. easy popping in and out of rooms, um, which I'll mention, my, you know, my, my favorite thing about this game is the efficiency. But anyway, the, the dungeons themselves are efficient, but, you know, uniquely challenging and definitely wasn't bored and i liked the variety of layouts it was always fresh always new takes you um you have to take advantage of your diagonals for sure uh uh, as Mm -hmm. in you know you're working with a you know up up down left right you're not you're not really it's not fully directional you know just one of those games that feels like a platformer a bit and um it every layout will test you in that in with that skill set so i really enjoyed it i found it um uh, enjoyably challenging did you enjoy, and this is something I guess I could probably talk through a little bit more myself, but did you enjoy the actual like combat and the feel to it? Yeah. Yeah. And each, you know, it's cool. One of the things that they do is they give you multiple weapons to choose from. You get the bow, spear, you got right. uh, fisticuffs, you know, you get a, a gloves that you can punch people with. Um, you get a, a big sword or a sword and shield. So plenty to choose from whatever your style with a number of different ranges uh i mean what a well thought out combat system i actually really enjoyed it it's really straightforward but there's more layered and nuanced than you might think um but what what do you what did you think josh you're more of the pro gamer than i am here (laughs) i don't i I guess like when it came down to the actual combat itself like the swing of the sword i felt like it was a little bit off just like a little slow if you will um so which sword were you using? Sword and shield well, that or was, the big one? That was the thing. So it was the sword and shield, um, which is what you start off with. And I like dedicated myself full time to it, hoping it would get better um, for a period of time until I just I just wasn't feeling it. Like I felt like you were a little too close to the enemies mm. and um, I would get whacked by the golems constantly who were just like because they swing their sword pretty fast. Like some of the enemies are, are moving oh, yeah. at a at a clip or a pace that like you're just your character didn't feel like he was fast enough to deal with so i actually got a little bit more out of the game when i switched to the spear yep um it had a bit of a further reach that was a really good like once i kind of clicked that this just wasn't working for me uh, that was a good game decision for me to kind of uh, make that switch and plus the spear has a really cool like dope charge attack that can be added to it so yep. um, um, but yeah I don't know it just felt a little funky to me yeah and I, I can understand that you know you're dealing with so what Josh is referring to is uh, uh, the range differences in some of the weapons so like when you have the spear you're allowed to like stand off a couple paces often right. out of the reach of an immediate hit from hand-to-hand combat with an enemy. So a spear gives you some distance. Of course, it's got a time delay. It's not as quick as a sword swipe, but um, you're not as close. So you're a little bit out of the way of uh, danger. So, um, and then you have the big sword, which is slower on the swing, but way more damage in a bigger range, of course. So um, definitely figuring out which enemies, and you're right, I actually made the same discovery. When I switched to a spear, I realized those sword golems didn't give me as much of a difficult time. Right. so yeah, and I, that's actually one of the things that I love about the game is that they don't really make that clear. You're kind of just left to explore and 
figure out those details on your own. Um, yeah. And I, I really like that. I ended up sticking with a sword and shield myself, but only after trying um, the other weapons, just realizing uh, I, I just prefer this style. And the shield comes in handy every once in a while, although I should use it more. <laughs> what did you think of the um, the dodge mechanic, Josh? Yeah, I mean, that worked totally fine. I, I th- I'd say, like, as far as the dungeons themselves went... Um, my only holdup was kind of the slowness of the sword and shield. Once gotcha. I, like I said, once I switched to the spear, it did get a little bit better. Um, the enemy variety in them is really um, well done, I'd say. Like you, yep. you are presented with enough of a variety of challenges yep. that it keeps it constantly interesting. Um, and I love the fact that it is basically like bringing forward to you. I don't know if you ever played Binding of Isaac, but um, it gives you the Binding of Isaac gameplay loop on one hand, which is the dungeons, um, and they're randomized, and you're running through and collecting things, and um, trying to, after a while, like I said, paying attention to your inventory itself and managing that. Um, But then, like, within, after your 10 minutes of doing that, you go back to your shop, and you have this whole other, like, game, basic, like, a whole other game is what it felt like to do and deal with. Um, And I found the shop like aspect of it incredibly refreshing, um, a lot more than I expected, to be honest. Like the first time I actually jumped into the shop, and you play through it, I I was kind of like, what? Like, I don't know if I'm gonna enjoy this. Like, is this really half of the game? Yeah. Um, but then you begin to realize, okay, like there is a bit of skill to it, and then there's also a lot more that can be added to it as you begin to upgrade your town. Um, and as you begin to fill out a little bit more of your shop itself, mm-hmm. um, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that part of it for sure. Yeah, and I like, you know, I, so I'm, um, as I was going along in the game, I was starting to realize, like, man, I was trying to be as efficient as possible. It's like, how much can I go in there, recover as many artifacts as I can, and then be have enough um, firepower and defense to overpower the boss of this dungeon without right. doing, like, how much... What's the bare minimum I can get away with? And as you increase through the game, you start to realize, like, man, the game really is built on kind of um, a, a more of a pyramidal structure. You really do have to branch out. You have to get the smithy in town. You got to get the enchantment and potion lady in town. You got to get um, the guy who can sell you some items because you're not going into the older dungeons as much. So um, you really do need to um, kind of build out your base of operations a bit more. Uh, it the if you resist that it'll just take you longer so it's interesting the way the game kind of um forces you to think through what you're doing as far as like the shop goes yeah you're completely right it's a game within a game and even more so i would say that you could say it's three games in one game you go into the dungeon you do a dungeon crawl you got the isaac uh what isaac's uh what's it called binding of isaac is the yeah binding binding Yeah, I'm familiar with it. I haven't played it myself. Obviously, it's legendary for just the millions and millions of items that it has. But this game is similar in the sense that, like, you know, you're going in, you're you, you, pretty simple combat style. Um, just go and beat the baddies and you get what's in the room. Um, and then when you come back to town, you're selling your shop and you're realizing how much of a capitalist you are trying to squeeze <laughs> squeeze every, every uh, ounce of money out of these people that are... <laughs> Giving you different reactions to your prices. Yeah, the you know? re- and the reactions were surprisingly like telling and interesting. Yep. I hated it. I ha- I just want to say this. I hated it when they get the little like gold coin. Yes, because you're like, oh, I should have <laughs> yeah, sold I'm it like, for no. more. 
I can they're, chip them even more. For exactly. They're taking advantage of me. <laughs> um, that was like an indicator and you're like, okay, yeah. now I know. Like after that, I can price it higher. Yep. Um, so for what you're, and you learn quickly not to put all of your merchandise in one spot and gamble it all on one price. You got to like parse them out. You got to watch carefully, put one item out, you know, because mm-hmm. you can either, th- this is one of the things I love about the game. It's so efficient. Like, um, so like, let's take a game like Animal Crossing. You have to, um, you have to have everything on you to go buy something at the store. You have to have all the bells on you. Um, right. To go make a craft project, you have to have all of the items in your immediate inventory. It can't just be in your storage. This game is not like that. So you can go back to your house, unload all of the inventory, uh, keep the stuff you want to save, and then head on out to the shop and start putting things on tables. And that still counts towards your general inventory. So if you want to walk over to the smithy, you can um, go over to him, have nothing in your pockets, and then pay for a new set of armor, and it'll come out of your storage. So you're really not worrying about the tedious aspects of carrying everything you need all at once and trying to manage inventory. So they really cap you at like 20 slots of open space, and then... They don't make you regret that. You learn how to creatively stack items so you're being efficient. Um, and it really takes the tediousness out of video games. When you go to the potion lady, same thing. And I really appreciated that aspect of the game. Um, I agree. Because some games just are so tedious when it comes to inventory and trying to have, oh, well, i got to have it on my person and stuff. So you'll understand when you play the game. But it is. It I really enjoyed that. So when you go up to sell an item you have you did you get four different reactions you get you know money eyes oh this is a steal you get a pleasantly hmm you know what your what your mom thinks when she looks at bread that's on discount you know um <laughs> and then you have like oh this sucks but i'll buy it anyway then you have an angry face too so um yeah it's it based on that you know whether you overshot it way too expensive you priced it way too high or you underpriced it and you could get them for a little bit more so uh and then the third i mentioned earlier and then i trailed off the third game that you're playing within this game is that you're building up your town so you have that center square you're at inviting a smithy eventually you even get to the point where you invite a banker hello 21st century america so it's um <laughs> it was really really interesting that the game for you know an indie title again has all of the corners cut where they should be and all of the proper details uh for a really enjoyable dungeon crawl experience yeah and like talking about the town i would say it really does come into its own like yep and it's small mm-hmm. like the whole game is kind of it has a smallish feel to it but it's just so fine-tuned between the different yep. aspects of it that it, it just works so, like, perfectly in tandem with itself. And, like, after a little while, like, the town felt like a home, like a place that this person really would be living in, and um, it was bustling a little bit more, and, and I just really appreciated that side of it. Honestly, I feel like a lot of the efficiency, like you were talking about, comes from just how well the inventory itself is presented Mm -hmm. and how you manage it. I mean, you think about like every time that there's a reaction in the store, one of those four reactions, your game records it. It tells you exactly what that number was and it puts it right in a spot where um, on your UI, like on the menu interface that as soon as you hover over the item, it'll just pop up and show you exactly like what the different reactions have been to it, to the specific prices. And you can make decisions based on that. And I would just say, like, high praise for this game for its, honestly, for its UI. Like, it's clear. Yes. It's, like, clinically efficient, like you said. It's quick. 
mm-hmm. it's just it's everything that it needs to be and nothing that it isn't. Um, there's only like I think there's only like four categories or something like that of like actual menus that you're like browsing through, and like some games get bogged down in that stuff. They really like, do. Yeah, you're yeah, exactly you can, right. You can get like like way too many things going on like what like i don't remember what this menu was especially like in jrpgs and stuff like it can be really annoying and and in games where inventory management is so key because you're going in you're finding specific things to sell or to use to upgrade your items and whatnot um which like you said does feel very palpable (laughs) like when you hit those upgrades it really does have a big effect on the gameplay in the dungeons themselves but oh yeah i was um, mentioning i was mentioning how it scales like noticeably yeah right um you can tell like you're getting stronger your stuff's getting better like that's that's great like that's a mark of a of a well-tuned and well-made game exactly Um, um and i i think you guys uh um that are listening would so think about the fact that like if you are a storekeeper right and you're bouncing the books in the back you're making notes you are literally having to flip page to page to get what you need to right this game cuts out some of that downtime when you go to an mm-hmm. item and you click on your journal to open it up you don't have to click multiple buttons you click the one that opens your journal and it'll go right to what you're looking for it's really right. just well thought out like you know that's again what it I is. mean when I say efficiency like Josh yeah. is exactly right the UI is uh, deadly quick and um no extra fat to trim it is really really awesome yeah and i think that that's important for the game because it really does keep it all like because the loop itself like you could have a game that is good in three parts but doesn't feel cohesive yes as a whole um but this one like is just tied together so perfectly well and and keeps you moving and constantly keeps you like, okay, thinking about the next thing and um, fighting the next enemy or whatever. And um, looking to like get invested in the next part of your town and whatnot. And I think it just works really, really well altogether. Um, And, and, and it offers a lot of like little like neat things that at first I was kind of worried it wouldn't, especially around the shop like i said like at first i just wasn't too excited about what the shop might entail but like i'm glad that you can kind of close the shop whenever you're done yeah like with the items that you're selling you don't have to wait for the whole thing to play out which i was worried about um and and there's a couple other things in the shop that i had to like learn (laughs) like uh for a while i didn't realize you could adjust the item pricing by decibel or like by the exact number so i would sit there and just slowly hit it up from one to ten to twenty. I'd just be on the Yeah, I did that like for the first like eight times I was in the shop and I was like, this sucks. This is wasting my time. Until I realized you can just go over to the one hundred decibel and click that one up to mm-hmm. like five hundred or whatever. And um yeah, once I realized that I could do it by hundreds and tens and stuff, I was way less frustrated. Uh so it just what has, like you said, like little things like that. It, you can tell it's been thought out. And um, it all just works really well together. Let's yeah, it, it it really was. You can tell that indie creators, you know, the guys who made this game, really thought to themselves, you know, hey, what do we love about video games, and what do we hate about video games? Yeah, and I'm sure <laughs> they, you know, use the words. Well, we love keeping it simple, and we hate it when things get bogged down. Uh, you know, you something that you love 
can get real bogged down when you have to even in Skyrim when you open your menu then you have to go to the armor then you have to go to go find the thing you're looking for just that it's a pain in the butt so you know this game cuts down on that and uh, it's really appreciated Josh I see here that you didn't really like you're not paying any compliments to the music so I'd love to hear your thoughts on the design of the game yeah um the music I don't know I just it was kind of generic and it's this like especially the shop music was fine um and for the amount of time that you like are spending in the shop it works serviceably well (laughs) but it it just wasn't anything that excited me and i had the music on a lot of the times for games like this i am like listening to a podcast or like really not paying attention to the sound design at all and this one i honestly might have gotten more out of it if i did that because they're like i don't know it just wasn't anything to write home about when it came to the music and that comes to the dungeons as well like it it works fine but um wasn't super excited about it and then the the graphics i would say like if we're talking design were i i thought they're a beautiful sight to behold yep yep did you think did you think it was a little too i don't know like like pixel generic, like you know, kind of tired, been there, done that before. No, I, I no, I thought it was fine. I thought it was great. I, I really enjoyed it, and I think too, just from an artistic t- standpoint, the the color palettes that they chose for each of the unique uh, dungeons was very pleasing. Um, sometimes with a like a dungeon, you get this sense of like, like Skyrim's dungeons are depressing. They are, you know, and the the yeah. the color palette of like the Isaac, you know, the Binding of Isaac game can kind of get old after a while um for sure same with games like last of us even although we're super excited about it you get this dark and depressing feel but Mm -hmm. i feel like with the game's darkest dungeon the golem dungeon it still felt light um and you know i guess an enjoyable first choice um i really enjoyed like the um, the next level that kind of the sensory way going but when you smack an enemy there's like a like a noticeable whack like you can almost feel it it's it's a very palpable sound and i kind of have to disagree with you when it comes to the music um the creator the the writer of the music uses a lot of harp which like brings out a otherworldly feel to the game very um i guess medieval sounding you know and i really really enjoyed that the his, his him leaning on that especially with the transitionary stuff like moving in and out of rooms and um lots of what you would think of as medieval old-timey music you know guitars with limited chord structures and uh you know solitary notes but what what i found most impressive was just the ensemble that he was able to create like every Hmm. even in the dungeon you know you have different types of baddie music per dungeon so you have the golem dungeon which has its own musical style and then you have oh baddies approaching and so it's different um so i just really i really really enjoy the music i always play this game with the volume up um and it's very satisfying okay. some games you're like oh i'm gonna turn the fx down because they're annoying or i'm gonna turn right. the music down i didn't feel like i had to do that but i mean that's preference but i actually really enjoyed the music yeah, I wouldn't say like I wouldn't say in like I wouldn't want to call it annoying for sure. Sure, like, for sure. Um, and the shop music's upbeat. It's got like a bunch mm-hmm. of little like layers to it, which mm-hmm. is cool. Um, so it, like I said, like that worked fairly well, especially for the amount of time you're in it. And I, I do like compliment the game for at least adding in variety to the music throughout each even level in the dungeon because you mm-hmm. go through multiple levels. It did change, and I appreciated that. 
Um, because like if we're talking a game that's similar as far as the dungeon crawling side of things, Binding of Isaac has the same music pretty much the entire time. Actually, no, I think it does change per floor, so I totally take that back. But uh, there are games that do that, so there was definitely a little more effort put into it, but I don't know. It just wasn't doing it for me. Like <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. It comes down to it. I will say, like, the dungeons themselves seemed like they were going to be more straightforward than they were. Um, a really neat moment I had, and this will probably be, like, just a nice, like, thing that happened in the game for me that really just wraps up how I felt about this game as a whole. Um, I was fighting some baddies, and I rolled into a pit. And I thought, you know, because typically if you roll into a pit, you just get hurt and then kind of reappear or maybe you die, lose some health, whatever. Um, But I rolled into the pit and I instead landed in a room down below where there was like a special item. Um, Another time when I did it, I ended up like coming across like a challenge where you hit like this challenge totem and a bunch of enemies come out. And that just like indicated for me like, okay, this game's this game's neat. Like it's got some like little moments like that here and there where when it clicks and it's like, Oh, that's cool that they did that. Like, Mm -hmm. like you said, I feel like these people who made this game were like, what do we like about video games? Um, what can we incorporate? And like a big thing that video games does is uh, a sense of discovery and a sense of learning. And Moonlighter really captures those two things really well. I would say. I would also say that surprisingly, um, the dialogue is not cliche. It's actually kind of funny. <laughs> sure. Um, I enjoyed the interactions between uh, Uncle and I, uh, the main character Will, um, and I I thought it was kind of funny. It was definitely written by young people, uh, and I I just enjoyed it. Everything I find everything about this game I found charming at the very least. That's a good word to describe it for me. Um, and so I, I I really liked it. Um, Josh, do you have any other comments, or do you think we're ready to make a decision? Yeah, um, I I don't think so. I, I mean, that's that's my whole gist. My my question would be, Jared, does it stand alongside some of the other top notch entries in our Hall of Games, like Breath of the Wild, Mario Odyssey, or and probably the one that it shares its closest roots with would be Axiom Verge, which is in our Hall of Games and is an indie game, mm-hmm. but was so like fully what it was and so fully a testament towards like that genre that it was in our hall of games would you say that this game stands alongside those yeah to be honest with you i love everything about this game i really can't think of anything that i would change or improve uh i i really really enjoyed it it's easy to play you can put five minutes into it or hours into it of course and uh Mm -hmm. easy loop and it is difficult even putting it on normal for the casual that I am, um, even putting it on normal, it was still difficult. Um, and so it, it is certainly worth the investment because it's so rewarding. And you start to get into a rhythm, you start to feel good about it. And you know, I'd mentioned earlier to Josh, the way it scales is super satisfying. You work really hard, you grind, you know, dodging swipes left and right, then you buy that next upgrade and you're able to just own everything in the dungeon and make it yours. Uh, I almost said a bad word, but it's awesome. So it is, <laughs> it is fantastic. I really can't think of anything I would change about this game. I really love it and uh, I haven't beaten it yet, but I'm, I'm working on it. I'm in looking forward to the ending. There's not a lot of lore about the dungeons themselves, you know, they leave a lot to be desired. So I'm excited to see that wrap up. Okay. 
Well, as far as like my opinion on it goes, I would say like part of me like <laughs> and you know what? I think I, I, I gotta be honest with you. I think part of it was the fact that this last couple of weeks I've just been in kind of a gaming funk. Okay. Um, okay. And like I said, I just had this big gaping hole in my soul um, after like finishing out Assassin's Creed and um, playing through Okami, and I just this game didn't fill that slot. But taking on its own merits, I can't deny it's an impressive little title. Like this thing is what like ten bucks maybe, and yeah. gives you tons of bang for your buck and the loop is so good and so satisfying and you can totally get into like a rhythm like you said and just all of a sudden like you've spent days in the game going through the dungeons and selling the things that you got and upgrading your town and everything like on its own merits I can't deny it but I just part of like my experience with it it just didn't fully click the way I had hoped so I I'm at a crossroads here in my own in my own heart with it. I don't know, like uh, it it does a lot that I like, but there were some things like some holdups with it that I had, and like when I do look at the other like, and this is why I brought this up, like when I do look at some of the other entries in the Hall of Games, like I just I'm I'm curious I'm curious if this one over time especially would stand up amongst them. Um, well. You know, and I certainly think that, like, you know, Josh and I have been pretty unanimous. Actually, I don't think we've had a split decision before, so this is what makes it tough. Like, we've either been all for it or or against it because we don't think it fits. Um, And up until this point, we've been united. And, you know, to be honest, I think that's fine. If we don't have a unanimous decision, it doesn't get in. And I think that's a good standard to hold the things. But for my part, um, we said $10 a second ago, but I actually paid $19.99 for it, so a good round 20 bucks. I would do it. Oh, because you got the physical. Yeah, I got the physical copy of it. Um, I would would do it again in a heartbeat i really love this game so i think maybe josh it would be good enough to leave off could you at least give it a recommendation even if it doesn't get into the hall of games oh very much like if this were like in the games we play in part like i would be singing its praises for sure um but i don't know like i just i do feel bad saying no 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 i don't think you should (laughs) You know, it's it's uh, certainly not... You don't hate it, and, you know, I, right. I think that's good enough. I think uh, we could definitely end this, you know, episode saying, hey, go play this game, it's fun. But does it make it into the Hall of Games? Not quite. And then I think that's just fine. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> now you bad, feel bad. <laughs> I'm going to vote against it. That's I, uh, fine. So, not entered into the Hall of Games, yet another title. And different... This week because I feel like I'm the downer on it. I, I don't know. <laughs> we were pretty hard on Okami last week. Not going to lie. I kind of yeah. went back and listened to it. I was like, man, we really beat the snot out of that game. Because we had high expectations, <laughs> I think. But um, Yeah, I definitely did. I, maybe that's what this game was for you. I, I went in with zero expectations, and I'm, I still love it. I can't wait to finish it. I think that it definitely plays a part in it, was mm-hmm. the expectations going into it. And like sure. I said, like... I was really hoping to be able to dive into a game that really hooked me. Mm-hmm. And this one has its hooks. And I think that's where the difference is between us. Like, it hooked you. Like, it, it sunk its hooks deep into you, what, like, what you were looking for in a video game at the time. Yep. And it just missed me, you know? So, 
is what it is, but uh, yeah, that's going to be our verdict as far as Moonlighter is concerned. Sounds good. Cool title, too. Absolutely. It really captures the... Um, and this poor kid doesn't sleep. I know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like constantly either in the shop or dungeon crawling. So, um, But that's going to be it for our episode this week. Um, Jared, I'm going to call you out because um, this is going to be the future of Bard's Backlog, but we are going to be covering Xenoblade Chronicles at some point in the near future. I'm so psyched. And um, that is because Jared said he's committing to it. So <laughs> we're going to do it. That thing's a, that's a big boy, and I'm, I'm excited to tackle it myself, but uh, we'll see how that goes. Next time, we are going to be talking about Animal Crossing. Dun-dun-dun. New Horizons. So... Looking forward to that one. And uh, that's it from us here on this side of the internet. So thanks for listening. Of course, you can find us on Twitter at Video Game Bard for me, at Jared T. Ben for Jared. And um, hopefully, if you enjoyed this, you will recommend it to your friends, give us a review on iTunes, things like that. Always help, of course, for the show. Um, and with that being said, thanks for listening. Jared, do you have any final sign-off? Nope. (laughs) See you guys. (laughs) See ya. And uh, we'll see you all next time. Bye.